0: Hey, folks, quick announcement before this week's episode. Our good friend Taylor's sibling, Fennel, is raising funds on GoFundMe for their gender affirming surgery. We would really appreciate it if you would consider supporting Fennel and check out their GoFundMe page. Link will be in the episode description. Thank you. The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Dane and Derek Show, a podcast where two nerdy friends keep in touch and shoot the shit. My name is Derek Aiello. I'm a writer, director, and avid tabletop RPG
1: player. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Dane. Hey, I'm Dane. I'm a writer, musician, podcaster, and lover of tabletop RPGs. And also a person who ate a lot of cheese with my omelet just a moment ago before I sat down to record... So I'm very sorry if I sound very flemmy, um, <laughs> because uh, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. When I was in college and in a bunch of choirs, uh, I got like almost, I got a little chewed out by one of my professors for showing up with a with like um, a London fog, like a tea latte oh, with dude. milk in it, <sighs> oh, so good. But like she was like, "Hey, no, you're not you're not coming to you're not coming to choir. You can do that after because um, oh. like." <clears throat> it gums up your vocal cords like way more than you think. Yeah. And my tea is too hot to start clearing them yet. So <laughs> little yeah. flammy, how are you? <laughs> I'm okay.
0: Um I oh goodness. I ate a lot of bread today, like right before this. So I'm feeling like really sluggish. And I think I'm crashing from having had four coffees today. Oh, dude. Um. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long day. I've I like had to go to work early and have been running around all day, uh. Because, you know, I'm getting ready to film a movie this weekend, and uh, there's just been a lot of things to do. Um. And so, oh, yeah. Lots of caffeine, lots of uh, bread, and yeah. Okay. I get the caffeine bit, but why the bread? Like, what about? I saw there are these um like buns that I get from the Filipino bakery um oh. and they have like yeah coconut you... fillings or ube fillings and I defrosted some thinking that oh I will work through it over the course of the week. That was like a week ago and I'm like I need to eat these fast mm. because I do not want to waste
1: precious sweet bread. So your mom and your nanny once made yes those yes. for us i remember this because yes. that shit was so fucking good
0: it is so good it is too good to pass up especially when like you buy it fresh at like seven o'clock in the morning which now that the weather's cold i can like do that and then mail it to my mom and it'll get there and still be like fresh which is pretty insane to think about our our mailing system <laughs>
1: it is kind of wild isn't it yeah hmm I will uh, say I, I have a lot of negative feelings about L.A., which I've aired on this show before, but one of them is definitely not that the food sucks. Oh, yeah. The food is mm, so fucking good. Yeah. Um. But damn, oh, that sounds so good. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the food out here in Boulder and Denver is pretty good, like relatively speaking, but it's just not like – mecca of the world good you know like la is i almost hate to say that la is one of the, like the great cities of the world but at least population and money and culture wise it it is yeah so yeah the food there is just awesome if for no other reason than just the amount of people means that you're gonna get so much good authentic food 100 hmm. percent <sighs> well I I don't have a
0: good segue into uh, this Asian topic. Foods, I mean, yes, Asian foods. Um, yeah, and then I guess we neither of us ate cabbage. So
1: um, when was the last time I had? Oh, I had like a delicious coleslaw Ooh. just a couple of days ago. That was like half Brussels sprouts, half cabbage. So it was like better for you, and it was like so good. It was so good. Very um, nice. Yeah. Okay. So, cabbages, cabbages, yeah, yeah, sorry
0: to all the cabbage merchants out there. We haven't been eating that much cabbage, and when we do have cabbage, Dane puts it in a slaw or has it in a slaw, so if <laughs> you can't have guessed what we're talking about, we are talking about Avatar, the last airbender today.,
1: mm, such a good show,
0: yeah, I think it's one of those shows that for me at least. It was something that, like, growing up, it always escaped me because I, I didn't have cable. So I didn't actually see it when it was airing.
1: Uh, I saw it as an adult. Interesting. I didn't see it as it was airing either because, actually, I didn't have cable growing up really either. Oh, wow. But what I, I did watch it as it sort of came out because the moment a new DVD with a batch of episodes, usually four to five of them, came out... I would get it. I would go buy it. Mm, Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, I kept up, like it was a show that released for me, but in a weird way. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, I started watching it when I was nine or 10 about. So like prime, prime age for it. And it was like, it was seminal. Like it was so important to me growing up. Like, Um, I don't talk about it quite as much because unlike something like, uh, Star Wars or Calvin and Hobbes, I don't see its influence on like the things I do now quite as, um, overtly. It's more like sunk in in kind of like a more subtle way, but like the animation and the characters and bending, like bending. So fucking cool. Like it was, it was awesome. I'm surprised with the amount of like, uh, you know, like martial arts you've done in your life that it didn't come for you sooner. Cause like, it's like the epitome of what like martial arts could be, you know?
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. 100%. I, it was just one of those things where I think everyone around me really loved the show. Like you loved it. Taylor loved it. I mean, I would say to say loved it at, you know, in talking about it, but probably still love it. Uh, I know Taylor still loves it and I know, yeah, we, we, we talk about it all the time. I, it, Yeah, it just always escaped my grasp, I think, growing up. And it wasn't until I was like 20 that I finally sat down and watched the whole show. I had to like find clips of it and like watch it whenever there were like free episodes on like Nick.com or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because just because like I didn't have cable. Uh, But I think it's like interesting watching the show, I think, as an adult, because... I think it it was one of those things in my head. I was like, Oh, this would be something fun to make as like a filmmaker one day. Right. Like that, I think was something big I took away from it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was kind of interesting just seeing just how, I guess just how like, well, it, it's such like an anomaly of a show, you know? Um, like it, it, like it's such a mature show for it being a kid's show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does not talk down to its audience at all.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's got some like pretty great name actors that are in it. Mark Hamill, Mako, Dante Bosco, you mm-hmm. know, um, to name a few. Uh and like it's also just one of those shows that I remember I think it's like it's like pretty universally beloved, you know? Like there yeah. isn't a lot of negative criticism i see surrounding it which is super interesting you know i feel like very very rarely do we find like a kid show that is so beloved like how
1: avatar is this is true um i i think it has a lot to do with the fact that they didn't talk down to their to their audience right like mm-hmm. they don't dumb down the story they like but they also like approach people where they're at and and they just told it honestly, you know, it's a story about young people, but it is not a story that is, that is dumbed down in an attempt to make it work for young people. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like the difference between Hmm. I'm like trying to think. It's it's like the difference between Johnny Test and this, right? Like, yeah, Johnny Test is like there's really nothing. There's like really the 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 story there is like made. The story there is made very clearly for kids of a certain demographic, and the themes of the show are very one off episodic, not quite like Avatar, having you know being an episodic serialized show, which was like pretty new for the, the time. There weren't a lot of <sighs> animated shows that
1: were like that no no especially it's it can be watched episodically like most of the episodes can be watched on their own for sure but you're definitely missing something if you do it that way it's it's a show that is meant to be watched in order it i think part of it is that it's a grand adventure and grand narrative for younger people um, in a medium that usually doesn't respect them enough to do that for them, I think the other kind of amazing thing about it is that it is it is and was its own property, mm-hmm. right? Like it's its own thing, right? Like it it's not based off of it's not based off of like a book series. It's not based off of a movie that came out. It's not like it's not even like um, Transformers or He Man or She Ra where it's based off of toys are meant to sell toys right um it was designed from the ground up to just do its own fucking thing right yeah and i think it and so many shows owe so much to it right from like steven universe to adventure time to um like gravity falls all these all these other the new she honestly i just finished watching the new she and i was like this is very Avatar: The Last Airbender in like all wonderful ways, um, mm-hmm. like down to the fact that the first few episodes feel kind of campy, in the way the first few episodes of Last Airbender felt kind of campy. Yeah, um, except for the one where they met, dealt with genocide. Um, yeah, it's like it's almost so. It's kind of hard to almost approach it. Like, where do you start? Do you begin with like the fact that it's like a genuine epic? Or do you begin with, like, how beautiful the animation is? Um, I think something we should do. Favorite character.
0: Oh, yeah. Prince Zuko.
1: Yeah, that's fair. As far as correct answers go, that's the (laughs) correct answer. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I I get torn between Katara and um, Iroh, but one of them. Also correct answers. I think,
0: especially, like... I think those are the characters that have like incredibly big transformations. Well, maybe not
1: Iroh, but no, I was, I was pretty consistent. He's consistent, but he's so lovable. Yeah. And he is in many ways, the moral, um, touchstone for the show. Yes. He like, don't get me wrong. Like all of the characters have a good moral compass. Really? Even Zuko. It's why he struggles. Um, is that he has a he has a heart and empathy and a moral compass in a society and in a role that demands he does not. Um <clears throat> but when they get confused, Iroh is the person they come back to. Right? Yeah. Always. <sighs> so here's a, here's an additional question. Favorite comic relief character? The answer cannot be Sokka because he's actually a protagonist. Um uh, <laughs> Uh, favorite comic relief character? Um, uh, I
0: think, I think. Uh, hmm i i i think I think
1: I'd have to say like Momo. Solid, solid yeah. choice. For me, it's got to be the Boulder. Oh yeah, the Boulder. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. I'm just, I'm going to do just some, some favorites, yeah, go keep it, going go on favorites, it. favorite episode. Oh, it's the, uh, it's season three
0: and, um, it's the dream episode where A- Ang's nightmare. I think it's, it's called. Oh, nightmares he- and daydreams. Yeah. Nightmares and daydreams. Wow. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. And it's like, it is, it is because it's like, it is so funny and it is so like just wild, you know? And, I think I love the sort of like hallucination of Appa and Momo, uh, being Having an like anime samurai, duel? samurai battle. Yeah, yeah. There's something about that. That is just like incredible to me that like, I, 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 I think it's just like, like they, they summed up an entire relationship between the, those two characters. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the, uh, the next one
1: after that is Zuko alone. Zuko alone is my pick as far as, total start to finish episode. Yeah. I I think it's, it's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. Like the, like the fact that like the battle where he mostly uses swords at first, like, it's just so brutal to watch. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I, I love it. I love it so much. And like the, the fact that it's a Western and like how they, they, you know, like it's literally the only episode that I think that has only one protagonist in it. Yeah, because the vast majority of the episodes are the A plot either deals with Aang or Zuko and then the B plot deals with the other um, or occasionally it's like Katara is really the protagonist of this episode or Sokka or whatnot. Um, but that's like there's a reason Zuko got his own episode. Um, yeah, I, I think it really primes the audience to
0: sort of see the transformation that he is undergoing. Yes, you know, definitely. In a lot of ways, um, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, next top mm-hmm. couple of moments, not episodes, but moments. Um.
0: I, oh yeah, you I go can, first. I can,
1: I can go. I can give you a couple to give you a second to think because yeah. I've, I made this list, so I've been thinking about it all day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Iro singing a uh, little soldier boy, Ugh. just. Yeah. Every every time I watch it it gets worse. Yeah. Every time. Um uh the first time Toph uses uh the the seismic sense, like the first time we get to see that. Mm-hmm. So cool. Um and then I I I think Katara stopping the rain, maybe is up there. Oh yeah. Um yeah. I will I'll give those 3. Cuz they I you, we could go on, but I want to give oh, you yeah. give you your your top here. Um yeah, I think my
0: top moment is when uh also rain related when Zuko is yelling at the lightning to strike him. Oh, uh, yeah, you've never held back before. Yep. Exactly. And then, you know, to pair that when Zuko redirects lightning against his father. Oh. Um also really great um and then uh man they're all zuko moments um when zuko and ang uh see all the
1: colors of fire that um, one's really good yeah i'll say that as far as like fights go zuko and katara versus azula at the end oh yeah um and then i'm a sucker for last minute power-ups to save the day <laughs> um so and getting the avatar state right at the end there yeah um and then choosing mercy is just like chef's kiss so good um yeah
0: oh yeah like he finds a way to avoid the thing that's been haunting him the whole all three seasons mm-hmm. exactly uh, and it's it's great yeah yeah i think i love any fight with jet uh oh jet is so good yeah jet's the best and then uh I think uh, I think if, I think I think another good solid choice for an episode and just an episode as a whole, which has some great fights, is when Saka meets the Sword Master.
1: Oh, those are really good. Those yeah. are really really good.
0: Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of intricacy to the fighting with the sword play that I think is really interesting. Yeah, that is like really beautifully sort of like choreographed. Choreographed, yeah. And yeah. of course, yeah, the last Agni Kai. Like, there's like the music in that one. Yeah. And- and just like, you know, like, like Uncle Iroh kind of sets like the stage for it when he says like, you know, m- not many firebenders get to experience this kind of power, you know, Yeah. and then you get to just see how like explosive like the fire is, just how much fire they're fighting with. Mm-hmm. And like compared to every other Agni Kai that you've seen Zuko like go through, this one is of course like you're just
1: it's it's a nail biting episode and it's or it's so- a nail biting fight. There's a weird piece to it, almost, yeah that one, where like where you can like sense Zuko's peace, mm-hmm, right, like his inner peace, and it's only shattered when he thinks someone else is in danger yeah i I just think that's really beautiful um okay, two questions: what kind uh-huh. of bending do you want, and what bending do you think you relate to is the one you'd have? Okay, yeah. What kind of bending I would want would be air bending. Fair.
0: And what kind of bending I think I relate to is, uh, or 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 the, or the bending that that I think I, I have it, or whatever would w- would be fire. I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, Why? I think because like, I think like I want air bending because not only would it be really cool to fly, but there's a lot of sort of like. I think there's a lot of interesting philosophy there with like detaching from the world, you know, that is interesting mm-hmm. that I think they go into in later seasons of the show. Uh, and um, there's something very playful about airbending that I like. Um, and then I think I go back and forth with, between fire and earth. And I think I've settled on fire is the one that I would probably have because fire is, is like, you know, there, there's a duality to fire. Mm -hmm. It, it can be very, you know, it can be dangerous, but can also be beautiful. And I think that like, as like an artist, you know, like you're always going back and forth with your emotions. And I think that fire definitely speaks to that in a way, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, How about you? I, I want earth mostly because I'd love to have that connection to, like the world and be able to like it's the one that lets you mess with the environment the most <laughs> you know in a sense yeah um, and, and like and the the extension bendings so to speak like the metal and lava are very cool to me um, oh yeah but I think I'm water um, mm. due to the fact that like I I'm i find myself to be pretty adaptable um but in the same hand i am pretty ruled by my emotions like if you like see katara like katara is bending like especially early on before she like masters it and herself in a sense um like when she loses her temper everything kind of falls out of control um Mm -hmm. which i can relate to
0: in a big way yeah um Oh, that's funny that we got
1: all four elements. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, Balance. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. So, real quick, before we... We've kind of touched on what it means to both of us right at the beginning. So, I won't come back around to that too much. But, like, does it have... Like, kind of looking back on it now, I feel like it's a show about... It's a story about... Mercy. And healing. Um, yes. In a way, I find very few shows, movies, et cetera, to, to be about. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, ultimately, it's about forgiveness, right? Like, like, so often do the characters apologize to one another, which like, you don't really see on a lot of shows. Usually, the main character, no matter how much wrong they do, they're always still right in the end, you know? like right even if they make a wrong decision, there's still some reason why that wrong decision is justified. And I think that this show does a really good job at kind of allowing every character to ask for forgiveness for something they've done or something they've said. Um, And I think that, yeah, to, to your point, mercy, like, you know, like it's a, you know, it, it is a kid's show, so they don't really kill people on, ca- on camera, but you know there is loss, and there is there are consequences to actions mm-hmm. uh, and I think that it plays with that with the morality of um you know like the chosen one destiny you know
1: right um in a very interesting way so. i I think it's very interesting to to me the fact that nobody in this show is beyond redemption,
0: yeah um yeah
1: like like even the, the older <laughs> yes and the only times in which someone is shown to be fully villainous is when they refuse truly and and fully refuse redemption yeah um azula is made out to be a tragic figure and we don't get enough quite enough with her in the show to see if she chose or not um but like Admiral Zhao in the first season refuses Zuko's help yeah um and in that way we see that is the true that is the true villainy is the is the inability and unwillingness to try and see your own wrongs and then make right on them and part of that in Zhao's case is like an unwillingness to continue living to face his mistakes, right? Yeah. Um. And then Ozai at the very end, right? Because he Aang shows him true mercy, and he s- tries to strike him again. Yeah. Um. And never, never repents, never, never anything, right? Um. Whereas like everyone else, and and also, it's very loving towards people who have worked so hard to be better. Right, like, yeah, it's only briefly touched upon, but like, Iro fucked up a lot. Yeah, right. He he was a fascist, uh, warmonger who broke into Bossing Say, and got his own son killed, and that's yeah. what it took to wake Iro up. Right, mm-hmm. like it's easy to forget that but Iroh's empathy and belief in Zuko's ability to rise above in his belief in Aang and all of his friends and in the world itself, it stems from a place of pure empathy due to the fact that he has made as many mistakes as anyone. Yeah. Um, right? Like how many people did Iroh get killed in that campaign? Truly. Like if you think about yeah. it. Oh yeah. um, And, and in that way it is, it is so important to see that and it's so subtle, but it is not, it is also not um ignored or underplayed if that makes sense. It's just mm-hmm. something that's already happened, you know? And it's yeah. not his story, so they don't. It's not the whole focus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're I, before we run out of time, I do wanna, I do wanna bring attention to one thing. Um, yeah. and you're a great person to actually talk to this about. Uh, one of the big criticisms of the show, because in many ways, it's it's a work that is pretty. I, I don't want to go so far as to say flawless, but it is universally acclaimed, and the gripes with it pretty minor or pretty much based on people's personal taste. it's not a it, yeah. it, it's very hard to find something technically wrong with this show um right. <laughs> however it is a show about asian cultures numerous asian cultures like relatively speak like pretty pan-asian cultures um even considering the width and breadth that Asian r- encompasses, which is it, honestly, it's such a ridiculous term because like, it. it sorry, that's, that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> um, but like, it is a show made by w- white dudes. Um, You know, the, the, the cast is mostly white, like, and, you know, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, Early 2000s, I guess, but like in looking at the show, there is some parts of it that I think, you know, you could argue are appropriative and versus the fact that also like every basically every character is more or less a person of color, you know, like, yeah, I I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really know where I stand on that. But I'm curious where you stand on it because you approached it both as an adult and as um, the the people that they potentially appropri- appropriated and or represented. I'm very curious. I was like, "What? Yeah, what are yeah, yeah, Thoughts on this?
0: No, yeah i, I have a, I have a handful of thoughts because I think it's 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 a mixed bag, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know if it was it's you know like this show compared to the movie of course is uh, um well the movie did a lot of whitewashing um and of course it got a lot of flack for that whereas this show you know there there's a level of i think um universality if that's even a word that you can get with animation right like that that you can't get with live action and i think that you know unlike a lot of other sort of asian themed things that were coming out at the time um like for instance like a beloved bioware property jade empire mm-hmm. um you know like as much as i love that game that game definitely has some problems uh <laughs> about how you know it portrays asian people played by you know white people um, and i think that this show i know that there are you know i i know that like while the creators are not asian i know that a good majority of the crew and some of like the story designers were asian um, right and i think that you know that helps right and of course you've got mako and dante bosco like two of the greatest like asian american actors uh and you know Probably a big reason why I relate to Prince Zuko is because when I found out Prince Zuko was played by a Filipino guy, I definitely relate to to that. Mm-hmm. Um I think that, you know, there there's there's a level of care that this property has that a lot of other properties don't have. Um yeah. and I think that, you know, like when you look at something like like when you look at the many failed like American versions of Voltron where they kind of whitewash the animation in a way um, there's uh, that's a little bit more problematic in my mind versus like a show that's trying to, you know, do something different. And I think, you know, it can get a little bit weird when you think about it in the terms of like, you know, white people bringing something to the US, right? And I don't think that's what they were trying to do. They synthesized something from, you know, a collection of ideas and histories and mythologies that I think ended up being really good. I think where things get complicated is when you talk about Avatar in the context of like the legend of Korra, Uh, you know? And I think that's when like things start to get weird with Nickelodeon and the property and when you start to think about the show in a broader sense of like you know how they've kind of changed some of the designs of the characters to make them appear more you know white versus asian and i think that's when like that's when things get kind of weird but overall i do think that avatar the last airbender i think part of why it it doesn't you know set off a sort of like you know, red flag in my brain is that it's not, you know, pointing to any one specific Asian culture. It's not, um, it's not, you know, like, like you don't have any of the white cast doing a stereotypical Asian accent, you know? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not like, it's not like, you know, if you were casting, it's not like if you're doing yellow face in, in, in a way like in a live action movie. And I think that that, that is what I think sets it a little bit apart. I think that's like the big line, right? That's the thin line that it falls on. It's it's kind of like how, and I think that's the you know that's like a the whole thing with it, with animation, right? It's it's like because of, you know it's just a voice that is playing a character. It can be very difficult to kind of pin down where do you draw that line for who you cast, and I think especially like. When you look at the, you know, at the media around that time, there wasn't a lot of like Asian American like kids shows. There was maybe like Jake Long, American Dragon, mm-hmm. um, and eventually Shaolin Showdown, um, which are both great shows, you know, and so there, there, there's not a lot of it. And I think like Avatar itself, I think is I I think overall it doesn't do it doesn't insult anybody and i think that that's what makes it good is that it it knows where it it knows that it is a fantasy show and it doesn't try to pretend to be anything but a fantasy show and i think that um i think that it, it is it is definitely like an anomaly in that it it uh it kind of rides a fine line but it it sticks to it pretty good it's it's kind of like how moana isn't based on any one particular pacific island you know culture sure it's an amalgamation of them all yeah and like a fantasy story within that and i think that you know it's it's the disney treatment and i think to an extent that that's that's fine that's good um I don't think something like that could happen again unless the care was taken. Right. Like, and that's a big part of why I think the movie kind of bombs. Cause well, it's, you know, not, it's not holding tr- true to that sort of, um, yeah,
1: there, are, there are problems. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of like, you know, like with the new, uh, Netflix show that like, you know, Daniel Day Kim just got cast as fire Lord Ozai. And that's incredible, right? Like he's an incredible actor, and he has a voice on the caliber of Mark Hamill's. And so I think it's going to be fantastic to see that. Right. And like, um, you know, like I think they, they cast a Filipino kid, um, a Filipino Canadian kid as Ang. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's super cool. And it's, it's going to be super interesting to see what, you know, the sort of future of avatar as a property becomes in this day and age versus like when it came out, I think, because when it came out, it was like, 2003 to like 2006 which is like no, right in the middle 2005
1: of 2005 to 2008 i think
0: okay so yeah so so that's like right in the middle of like sort of like a lot of like asian-centric video games coming out and a lot of like yeah. an uptick in like you know like the ten, like uh what, what uh, 10 rings or whatever no uh is that uh, one samurai samurai like rpg oh, that's um
1: uh like, oh. Five rings, five rings, yeah. Ten rings is Shang-Chi right, now. right, and then um, yeah, yeah, and like also, you know, like there was like the big uptick in anime consumption yes. and like tsunami and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's all it's all bundled in there. I, yeah, I there. Are, I think that there are lots of complicated things to go with it, but I think it like your I I appreciate your take that it's like a net positive while acknowledging, you know, what is in front of you, you know? Yeah.
0: Like, it's definitely not perfect. Like, there's definitely some things where, like, yeah, they, you know, probably could have involved, you know, more this, more that, or done less this, less that. But I think they pull, it's it's just like how, like, you know, I I think that they pulled just enough to make it what it is without you know, outright insulting the culture. And I I think,
1: yeah. I'm curious what you think of this. Do you think, do you feel like they at least did their homework?
0: Yes. Okay. I think
1: think they did their homework.
0: Yeah. And, and I think what is also good about this is that like, yeah, like they, they didn't try to draw like, yes, they drew some distinctions to different Asian cultures, but they kind of, you know, they melded and mished and mashed. And ultimately, I I don't think they, yeah, I, I I think they, they were more inspired by Asian culture than they were by Kung Fu movies. I'll say that. And I think that's, that's probably the biggest difference between that and a lot of other American media that is Asian focused, that mm-hmm. is not made by. Asian Americans, right? Like, I think that right. that's the big difference, right? It's it's, it's two people and a, and a lot of other people that have a huge admiration for Asian culture and Asian history and Asian mythology versus a bunch of guys that just love kung fu movies that want to make their version of an Asian kung fu movie story. And I think that that's that. I think that's what I that's what I that's what I've spent the last ten minutes trying to say, Dane. Um, <laughs> is that's the biggest difference between avatar the last airbender and so many other properties that came out in that 2005 to 2008 let's you know like because there were a lot of like journey to the west type medias that came out around that time and a lot of them are more inspired by kung fu movies than they are by asian culture and mythology and i think that that's the big difference okay nice there we go is that all you had?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was the big, that was the big finisher. That all right. Big well, finish.
0: There you go, everybody. We just laid upon a mercy. <laughs> and uh, we're going to wrap up today's episode. So thank you all <laughs> for listening this week. Um, you can see what movies I'm watching on Letterboxd at Derek Ayello
1: And Dane, where can we find you and your work? Uh, you can find my work online. I was about to like, You know, at at danewrights.com on the website, I was like trying to be like on the thing, you you know, because I mean, my work's on Substack and Bandcamp and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and, you know, stuff. But like com, it's all there. There you go.
0: Well, folks, thanks for hanging out with us. We will see you next week. Catch you later.